Hey everyone, welcome to Raging Gracefully 2.0 with me, your host, Annie Nylan. So Raging Gracefully first appeared as a column in 2012, and now it's leveled up to podcasts, which is really exciting. And we're going to take a shallow dive into a deep ocean of hilarious and heartfelt topics that just seem to bind women at the hip. You can expect satire, tongue-in-cheek social commentary, questionable advice, obscure musical references, life hacks, as well as fitness and wellness tips that just might fly in the face of what we're currently being force-fed. So I hope that whet your appetite. Welcome back to Raging Gracefully 2.0 with me, Annie Nyland, your host. Today's subject is, well, the title of the episode is, there's a thin line between vanity and self-preservation, and how do we know when we have crossed it? Hmm. But before we get into that, I just wanted to backpedal a little bit and um, talk about the very first episode that was posted, which was titled, uh, exposed, what does your underwear revealed about you? And I made the case for the fact that there could be a very strong correlation between the integrity of our underwear and our self-esteem. Now, in the episode, three women were panty profiled, one with very good self-esteem as evidenced by her matching lingerie at the gym. The second one who had moderate self-esteem. Um, her underwear was fine enough. Uh, it was at least in the same shade of purple, but you know, it, it, it wasn't quite a standout. And the third woman, let's hope she's working on her self-esteem. And after listening to the episode, maybe she went out and treated herself to new underwear that didn't have to be fastened at the waist with a safety pin. So where am I going with all this? Hang on. The, the one I left out was, how do we assess the self-esteem of a woman that doesn't wear underwear at all? Hmm. Well, this came up today, just today. Honestly, I was in the car and I was talking to a very good friend. And this friend is always, always turned out, always immaculately groomed. Seems like I have a lot of friends that really take care of themselves beautifully. And she said to me, well, I don't wear underwear because I had asked her, like, where's your self-esteem index? You know, how's your underwear? And I figured, oh, her underwear is probably adorable, probably matches, uh, you know. So she says to me, no, I go commando. Now, my first thought, and I said it to her was, well, then you must have a lot of laundry. She said, no, not really. She says, but then she followed it up with, well, I don't really know what to compare it to. Okay, fair enough. So I said, you never wear underwear? She says, well, only when I'm wearing a short skirt or it's a breezy day. She didn't say breezy day. I did. So, okay. So, commando. So, what, what do we say about her self-esteem? Well, I, I really, I don't know how to assess that, but I will go with the fact that if you're going commando, you definitely have more laundry. But let's circle back to the subject at hand vanity and self-preservation. Are the things that we do, our maintenance work, is that 
motivated by vanity or is it simple self-preservation because we have good self-esteem and we, we want to, you know, maintain our bodies. So it, the question is, when do we cross the line? And I'm not saying that I have any answers. All I hope for is that it makes us all think about where we stand on not just this issue, but other issues. So it might sound a little mean, but I'm taking a little bit of pleasure in the fact that this um, pressure to look good is now trickling down to men as well. They are doing their hair, they're getting perms, they're getting facial treatments, they're getting their nails done. And don't tell my husband, please don't, but there have been times when he's asleep, I creep up and I put a little bit of Retin-A on his face. And if you think my husband looks good, you can, I'm sorry, I'm taking the credit for that. So by all indications, we as a country, we're obsessed with not only feeling good, but looking good. And I think I think a lot we have to turn an eye towards baby boomers because unlike their parents, baby boomers view quality of life as mandatory, not optional. And they want to dress and look the part. They don't want to age. They've kicked limitations of age to the sidelines while wearing their youthful game faces. That leads us into Generation X, which seems to be following suit. Now, for you millennials and Gen Z, I can only offer empathy because I can't, I cannot imagine what it would be like when I was younger and was still building self-esteem and was out there and the pressure to look good was increased tenfold because you're still kind of in the race. And I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to that later. I can't imagine what it would be like to have this onslaught of media images. I mean, we had that in magazines and looking at, you know, supermodels, but now it's ridiculous. Everybody has really long eyelashes, beautiful, shiny hair, silky, smooth skin. And, you know, that, that's hard to maintain. So uh, it's interesting that we as a country, we, we spent a lot of money on cosmetic and beauty products. In fact, we, uh, we lead the race in the world, but we only rank 23rd worldwide in a satisfaction with life polls. So right away, that points to a discrepancy. And it's no surprise that, you know, Scandinavian countries like uh, Sweden and Finland, they spend the least on hair care, skin care, and makeup but they have the best rankings in their Satisfaction with Life Index. They don't strive to keep up with their Kardashians because they're too busy laughing at them. And again, I don't mean to be mean because Kim is kind of nice sometimes. And um, they do have the climate working for them that it's cold and maybe they don't age as fast because of the uh, cool temperatures because we all know that meat keeps better in cold temperatures. So maybe that's why they're not so dependent. But still, an argument can be made for how looking good trickles down to feeling good. 
And this works well for those that sell youth in a jar because that, that's going to be their tagline. If you want to feel good, you got to look good. But what just maybe if we turn the tables and put feeling good in the driver's seat and put all our energy towards that, maybe looking good, uh, you know, there'll be some bumps in the road, of course, but maybe we'll arrive at looking good or to be authentic, at least looking better. However, when we dig in our pockets for quick fixes, the question rises that would our money be better spent on, say, a gym membership, uh, which would yield both looking good and feeling good. But it seems that we're stuck on a hamster wheel, uh, the fast track to shortcuts. We want that magic bullet. And if all the anti-wrinkle creams uh, work and all the treatments, if they all live up to their promises, then why are we still seeing lines that are not so fine? It reminds me of um, a situation that, okay, sorry about that, a situation that I've, I've laughed about with friends. And that's it, you know, I'm pretty religious every night, put on my Renova on those fine and not so fine lines. And I'm thinking, okay, I know this takes a while to work. You have to be religious about it and you have to be consistent. But I'm saying that, okay, while I'm waiting for this product to kick in, time is going by. So there's also the aging process. So between the product taking a while to work and father time marching on, I'm just going to be at a break even. And maybe that's good enough. I don't know. What do you think? So uh, there definitely is something to be said for self-preservation. You only have one body through this life. You want to preserve it. And think about it. We don't think twice about, you know, keeping up our house. You know, if, if something's wrong with the house, we fix it. And we make repairs on our cars. And all of this is done within our personal economic framework or how extreme the situation is. And shouldn't the same apply to self-maintenance? Why is it that we're so comfortable posting before and after pictures of our new kitchens or bathrooms like, look, I got some work done. But when it comes to our face or our body, we'll only admit that offline to friends and we'll tell them we had a little work done. And it's amusing that it's always a little work done and never a lot, a lot of work done. So, and it's also laughable that when celebrities deny cosmetic intervention, don't they realize that we get to see their old movies? We get to see what they look like 20 years ago. And in most cases, because they do have the disposable income and they, they know the best doctors, they actually look better. The one that comes to mind is, uh, what a standout is Oprah. I don't know if you've seen her lately, but oh my goodness, she is peaking. She looks, can I say this? I, I don't want to give evaluative praise, but I think she looks better than she ever did. So good for you, celebrities, but stop lying to us. Stop telling us that you never had anything done because we're on to you. So, and also they have uh, makeup artists, they have lighting, 
they have a soft focus. So when we see them, their images, they're going to look good. And sometimes we have to be careful not to set up comparison because I promise you, any of you listening, if you were put in a chair and someone worked on you for three hours with your makeup and hair, and then the lighting was strategic and you were shot in soft focus, you are going to look magnificent. And that's a promise. So it does serve us well to ask ourselves some really hard questions. Is our quest for looking good in line with our larger priorities? And think about it. Will upgrading the exterior translate to a stronger or elevated interior? Or is it the other way around? In essence, should we fix the roof first or save face? And again, it's deeply, deeply personal. For those that tend to avoid efforts to turn back the clock and don't buy into beauty culture, like some of my younger vegan friends that are still in their 20s and 30s, and they eschew all things commercial and think that, you know, using cosmetics or God forbid, getting uh you know, getting anything done to their face, they consider that just criminal. So I'm wondering, and I definitely will, when they get older and go back to eating meat, I'm going to see if their views change because I have a feeling they might. I mean, it's very easy when you're young to say, I would never get plastic surgery. And speaking of, please, plastic surgeons, change the name. It's so plastic. Plastic surgeon. I mean, there, I, I know it's called cosmetic surgeon at times, but please somebody rebrand the name plastic surgeon. So uh, let's see. Okay. So for those of you that uh, will do anything and are doing anything to stay in the game, you're going you're gonna to continue to do everything you can to remain a player. No judgment. That is up to you and your pocketbook. But here's a takeaway. Self-love means never having to say you're sorry. No apologies, girls. Do what you need to do. However, the, the parting thought is for those who love the process of maintenance and actually get off on it and love our cosmetics, you know what? We have to be at peace with our war paint. And I'm going to leave that thought for you to rumble around in your head. So that's it for today. Welcome again to Raging Gracefully 2.0 with me, Annie. And until we speak again, that's it. In a nutshell, Joni. And one of these days, I'm going to let you know what that means. But not today. <laughs>